Pushes Board Game Things. Welcome to another episode of Bush's Board Game Thing. Uh, Andy Bush here, joined by Brian and Jess, powered by the people, the lovely people at Zatu Games. Everyone doing all right? I always like to check in with everyone at the start of uh, a little podcast like this. Brian, are you all right? How are you doing? Have you had a good week? Yeah, I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right. I had, uh, I, I, I live outside London, but for work, I often, as you know, I stay, I like to do a tour of the local travel. I stay in travel lodges all around the sort of outer rim of London. Mm. Fantastic. It's very, very cheap. And thus I have to get, you know, takeaway dinner, takeaways for dinner. And I had, uh, I had 14 chicken wings from Nando's for Ooh. dinner last night. And it's not, that's not good. 14. That's not good. That is not good. Yeah, 14. I was really hungry and I thought I could do 14. 14. 14 14 chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jess, how have you been? What's your week been like? Yeah, not too bad. I actually read a tweet this week that that got me thinking. So this lady um, tweeted about her daughter, who's 23 years old, and still demands an Easter egg from her and gets really upset. And I, like, read all these replies of these, like, fully grown adults, like, saying, my mum, Easter egg, blah, blah, blah. And I replied to it saying... Last year, my mum didn't get... I'm 30 this year, by the way. Um, last year, my mum didn't get me an Easter egg because of the pandemic. And if I don't get one this year, I'm going to be fuming. And she gets me an advent calendar every year. And I was just thinking, when's that going to stop? And, yes. And do I want it to stop? I love getting an Easter egg from my mum. It's just like... If, if she stops getting you Easter eggs just out of the blue, how? what would you think? What would you think had happened fuming. in your relationship? Fuming. I'm sorry, go down the shop. They cost two quid. Get me an Easter egg. Like, it's not hard. It's just nice. And an advent calendar as well. And this woman was just like, when is my fully grown daughter? Who's got her own house, by the way? Who's got a mortgage? When will she stop expecting an Easter egg from me? Well, listen, let's cut to the chase on this podcast. This week's episode of Board Game Thing is all about games that have got gorgeous art or games that are about art. And there's so many beautiful, beautiful games out there that we'll get to that you can get from Zatu's website as well. But let's start with a little clip of us playing a gorgeous game, Cult Express, actually in Brian's uh, office stroke study as he facilitated the game for us via video chat. And this is what happened. Let me just give you a bit of background. Uh, it's the, it, just cast your minds back. It's the 11th of July, 1899. It's 10 a.m. The Union Pacific Express has left Folsom, New Mexico, with 47 passengers on board. After a few minutes, right. the sound of rapid footsteps comes from overhead, followed by gunshots. Heavily armed bandits are mercilessly robbing honest citizens of their wallets and jewellery. Will the bandits be able to keep a cool head and dodge the flying bullets? Will they succeed in stealing the Nice Valley Coal Company's weekly payroll stored in strong boxes that are closely watched by Marshal Samuel Ford? Only one bandit will achieve his goal oh hang on it says his here naughty there are women bandits as well becoming the richest outlaw of the gang jess you are cheyenne how do you feel about that yeah pretty cool that pretty sound um what's she look like bit of a bit of a backstory what's cheyenne's story uh jess she's a native american okay interesting she's got a gun and a dagger behind her back she looks quite mean yeah the artwork here is amazing actually it's very it's very cartoonish you can't really describe uh it we'll post pictures of it on socials Andy, you are Tuco. What were the crazy didn't speak guys from um, Breaking Bad? I'm kind of getting that vibe from Tuco, kind of. Right, okay, Tuco, yeah, he's uh, he's very brutish looking. Uh, he has a shotgun. He's quite good looking. Thank you very much. I think he's a bit, bit handsome, bit of a bad boy. And Tuco's interesting, he can fire upwards and downwards, whereas the other characters can only fire to the left and to the right. I don't know why, but there you go, that's the game. Uh, and I'm Ghost, who, I mean, look at this, look at him. I mean, he would describe him as probably 
very anemic. He's anemic, isn't he? Mm. He's he's one of those characters that you can imagine he has like a laugh that goes. <laughs> he looks like if the Milky Bar kid had t- taken the wrong turn in life and it's all gone horribly <laughs> wrong for him and he's just bitter. Absolutely. Really bitter. Hates milk now. Can't can't even bear to see milk. Gonna deal you out six cards each, and we will start the game. Brian, can I just say as you are uh, obviously Casting the picture of your your uh, office here that we can see via Zoom video chat to be able to play the board game. You've got a very ostentatious lamp mm. that is bathing the game in light. At the yeah, moment. I wanted to go for a sort of old fashioned uh, look. It's sort of it's a sort of lamp you'd get in uh, sort of an Edwardian film about bankers and stuff. If you look like a, te- it's like the lamp a teller might have in in a, in a bank in actually in the Wild West. Do you stay up at night and write? with this lamp like with pen and quill is that what you do you, uh, your memoirs like Samuel Pepys it's how I write most of my poetry guys can you imagine his poetry Jess can you imagine Brian's poetry it's very it's very 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 erotic very erotically charged what's, what's your best poem that you've written that you would like to put out there Stately Thighs it's called Stately Thighs I won't go into it I won't go into it but it's very very yeah oh Jesus oh Jonathan oh Jonathan and thou Stately Thighs oh God no um, I'm going to move the marshal. Grass. Grass. She's grassed us up. Move the marshal. Can't believe you've grassed us up. Got to do it. Unbelievable. Yeah, come on, Jess. Sir, there's there's some people putting their feet on the seats in the other carriage. You want to go and have a word with them, sir? Um, I'm going to go to the right, please, Brian. I'm going to move along to the right. That was scheming. And now it's for, um, what is it, scheming and... What's the... Kissing. No, not, it's not kissing. It's not. It's not kissing. Scheming. Scheming and hugging. Scheming and stealing. So, basically, I turn these over. So, first up, Cheyenne. You can shoot now. So, you're going to, I imagine you're going to shoot me, right? Yeah, I haven't really got anyone else to shoot, have I? Which bit of him are you going to aim at? Which bit are you going to aim at? Oh, in the knee. Get him in the knee. Again, that's really out of order. So, that, that bullet card goes into my deck now, which means there's oh. a little one less thing for me to do. And then at the moment, Jess has shot the most bullets, so she she gets like a bonus for that. You're going to move, Andy. You can only go up, so you're going to go up. Jess's bezzy mate. Oh, the Marshall, yeah. The Marshall. Yeah, Grass. I'm going to start calling you Grass, not Cheyenne. Grass. grass. You're going to go, going to go and chat to him again, Jess, in this in this round? Oh, oh sir, Marshall. sir, there's some robbers, there. there's robbers on the train. Oh. <laughs> One of the men's got his feet up on the seat and I think he's eating chewing gum and I think he's just stuck it on the side. It's all over the fabric. Yeah, Jess, why don't you why don't you find out the Twitter handle of the of the name of the train operating company and then at them and go, oh, on, on the 12.35 from um, Union Pacific Railway Station, um, someone's been robbing people? <laughs> grass, <laughs> grass, grass, grass. Come on, Andy, join in. Grass, 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 grass. grass. Brian's character looks like a creepy uncle at a wedding he likes drinking whiskey and stinks of fags yeah no fair, fair play fair play he does he does he does look a bit like that stinks yeah, no, of like play. Marlboro Reds I used to be a smoker yeah. and that smell of Marlboro Reds bleh. he strikes me as a sort of guy that um, goes around looking for fag butts and makes a whole new cigarette out of the fag butts that he finds Oh, yeah. Do you ever, you oh, ever known yeah. anyone who, I remember he used to work with a chef who, if someone gave him a silk cut fag, he'd uh, squeeze the filter and stick it together to, to make it a stronger oh. cigarette? What are the toilets are like? Is it one of those with the automatic doors? Because those give me anxiety and I'm going to have to hold it until I get to my destination. Do you know what I mean? I think you just do it out the door, to be honest. <laughs> I remember um, Frankie Boyle saying the worst thing about those uh, electric doors in trains is that there's the chance that you might be unveiled like a prize on the generation game. <laughs> or you're sitting down on the toilet. It's, just, it's completely out of your control. 
Yes, I will loot then. I thought I'd picked it all up. Is that a ladybird? Yeah, yeah, I've got loads of ladybirds in the house. Yeah. There's a ladybird calling across the board game. Pick yeah. it up. Oh, let's see it. I don't, I don't it. Touch it. No, I don't like touching it. Let's have a look. Let's show oh, us the pick ladybird. Pick it up. Serious, serious. Go on, take a screenshot of that. Pick it up. Put it on your finger. I don't like they're weird. I think that everyone oh, thinks Brian, give over. It's a ladybird. Think, pick everyone it. thinks they're cool, but they're just they're still bugs. Oh, <laughs> lovely little bugs. We have, loads, we have loads of ladybugs in our gardens, and I've I've frequently witnessed lots of ladybird orgies. Oh, ladybird and lady bloke orgies, I imagine, from what they're getting up to. It's just it's oh, cool. What know. do they do? They sort of move their bits open, the sort of the spotty bits to the mm. back, and they all just sort of jump on each other's back. <gasps> Yeah, oh it's a lot of that. It's like flying ants, isn't it? They're stuck together by the backside. Uh. One day of the year, come out of nowhere and land in your hair. Uh, I am oh. going to shoot. Oh, go on then. Let's move the marshal, my pal, my Bessie. Can you please, can you please you role play for us, Jess? What what you're saying to the marshal? Speak to him in character. Marshal, there's some horrible robbers on the train, and one of them just shot me, and it's not fair. Unbelievable. I didn't do anything. I just wanted a little sandwich from the cafe. There you go. That's shameless, isn't it? And then he'll be like, oh no, poor you, and then I'll shoot him. Oh my God. Uh, Right, my go. I am going to. What am I going to do? I'm going to. Put your finger up the marshal's bum. <laughs> I don't think he's my that, mate. Hang on, I mean, you might like it. Rules. There's nothing about putting it. Uh, you can give him a wet willy, though. That, that's all right. Uh, that's fair. Okay, enough. now it's, it's Andy's go again. Now, this is interesting. It's the third go. Oh, look, hang on. We've got another robber on the train. Look. Oh, that's oh. so cute. The ladybird's got on the actual train. Oh, is she going to jump carriages? She's going to do a jump. She's going to jump. Is she going to jump? She's going to do it. She's just got confused and gone back the other way. I punch you back and you've got to drop a piece of loot. I'm going to choose one at random. That just goes back into the pot. It's Friday night on the C2C line. This is people fighting. Yeah, exactly. Coming from Essex for a night What do you call my boyfriend? Shut uh, up, Darren. Leave him, yes, Darren. Leave you're going to shoot, which I assume you're going to shoot. Let's count Leave. up as we go along. Uh, Jess has got 250 plus 250 plus 350. 850. I have got... Buzz in. Ooh, I've got 800 plus 300. 1,100. But Andy... 1, for Andy has got a staggering... Uh, 1,500, 1,750... But hey. I'm just wondering what I get for firing the most bullets. Because it means I might, I might win. I might win the game. If I no, win no, the no, game, this is unbelievable. Um, this is VAR. This is the um, Colt Express <laughs> equivalent of VAR. <laughs> I, I've had a success and now it's going to be taken away from me. Is it going to be stolen from you? Uh, It'll be stolen. Oh, you get a thousand, which means yet again... I'm the king of the board games. I am probably, am I, look, I don't want to boast about this or anything, but do you know how like, some people are just like born geniuses, they're like savants, they just no. know things. Am I probably one of the greatest board game players of all time? Are they going to make you a, Net- are they, are they going to make a Netflix um, limited series <laughs> about me called The King's Gambit about not. me and my board game exploits? I've, I can't believe no. I've won yet again. It's a great game. Looks fantastic on the table there as well. And it's even better mm. that we've got for scale, almost like, um, you know, Clash, Clash of the Titans or Jason and the Argonauts <laughs> style mini creature walking around on set. So, yeah, another Brian win, unfortunately. I, I, I had uh, defeat snatched from the jaws of victory. so good. 
Unbelievable. I'm, I'm so good at board games. I think I genuinely could be the best board game player in the world. You, the irony, the irony about that is that I, I, it was about bank robbers and robbers and stuff like that, and I got robbed. I got robbed at the end. Do you know what I mean? Got robbed at the end. That's what the game's all about, mate. And also, the uh, the Ladybird, I think, was probably the standout star of that board game, really. Aww. I'm glad. And he's still here now. Still just, fine. Just, just wandering around on the train tracks. He's what, are Ladybirds, excuse my ignorance, are Ladybirds all ladies? Are they all female? Well, no. How do they mate? I don't know. Yeah, I thought maybe it was They like... must be all females. Otherwise, they'd be lady blokes as well, wouldn't they? Ladybirds, yeah. lady blokes. Please confirm for us. Uh, we, um, uh, you can get in touch on our uh, Insta at Board Game Thing or drop us an email, podcast at zatu.co.uk. Uh, so this one is all about games with beautiful art. Can I just be really boring and say that I love a good map oh, in a board game? Do you not know? I oh. love maps. Maps are amazing, aren't They're they? They're gorgeous. Oh, I really Let's talk them. maps. I, what kind of maps do you like? Me, me oh. I'm, a, I'm an old school old looking map chart um, kind of an old chart yeah map. kind kind of like maybe something a pirate might have very like a old. squid coming out or an octopus's arm yeah a tentacle yeah. coming out of the sea that kind yeah, of thing. very old here be demons here be monsters i, I don't yeah. like new looking maps and um, i do quite like the what's it called something survey what's it what the os what what's that map OS. I've got the OS app. Honestly, I'm OS all day long, quite, every day. I quite like the look of that. I just love a map. I, uh, yeah, that, I'm into old maps. What about you, Bush? I love a map in a board game. I love um, board games with old school maps on them. So just a couple of notable mentions. Pendragon by Morgan Guion-Retty for GMT Games. It's a map of Britain during the Dark Ages. Again, I think there's a couple of gargoyles coming out of the sea, that kind of thing. Uh, this went, uh, War Without an Enemy, about the English Civil War, published by Nuts Publishing, by Scott Moore, that's a beauty. And Volker Runke's Labyrinth War on Terror, which is about like Twilight Struggle. I love a map in a game. What kind of maps do you like, Brian? Well, as uh, aforementioned OS maps, I mm-hmm. love them. That's that's a, that's that's a shoe in easy, uh, but I also love the you don't get them anymore. I love a good, do you know what? I love a good atlas in the front of the car. Oh yeah, I love a good atlas in the front of the car with the with the front ripped off it because it's been used so mm. much. Some of the pages crumpled and missing, and it's like where are we going? I don't know. We're in the middle of we're between two pages, so I don't know where we are at the moment. We've gone into love the crease. Good, love, a, love a good gone into the crease ring binder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love a good ring binder uh, atlas. I heard that rumor. AA is this gold standard, obviously. Mm. Um, so, in terms of art and games that have got beautiful art, I think right from the beginning of board game thing, we've always been drawn to games that look good, uh, and and it's half the battle, as we said before, trying to get other people to play it. If it looks good, people are more likely to play it. And towards the end of uh, this episode, we're going to be speaking to uh, the amazing Ross Connell, who's a, a board game photographer professionally. So he'll kind of give you some hints on to how to make your games look the best. But on the other side of art. Are you into like going to like galleries and uh, walking around the Tate Modern and all that kind of thing? Are you guys into that kind of stuff in terms of actually going to see art, view art, that kind of thing? Um, I think the problem with me is that I'm a very black and white thinker. What you right. see is what you get. I'm, you know, okay. so I find looking at art quite difficult because, you know, people will be like, well, she's obviously mourning the loss of her husband. And I'll be like, no, she's just a naked lady laying on a, laying on the sofa. Like I can't, okay. I can't see in terms of looking at pictures. I can't see past what's there. So it's you're just, giving me uh, a flashback. I went around the Tate Modern in Liverpool with my nan and granddad from Liverpool. My nan is like Lily Savage, the loudest woman in the world. 
And there was a, there was a, a urinal upside down. It's like a concept piece of mm. art with some sweets on the floor below it. And she looked at it for a few minutes and she just turned over, turned around and went, what a load of bloody rubbish. <laughs> Started laughing and walked off. And everyone was just looking at me. I was like, I'm really sorry. Really, really sorry. Brian, do you, are you more appreciative of, of modern I, art than do suggest you know that? I, do you know what? You're not, you're not going to believe this. I actually, I love art. I used to what? go to the British Museum loads. I used to oh. I go to the, uh, the t- not the Tate Modern, don't like the Tate Modern, just the old-fashioned Tate. Normal Square. Tate. Square. I like going there all the time. I, yeah, I once went to a Titian exhibition just for fun. Very, very mm. good. I love, I love a good bit of art. Do you know what? I'm going to recommend a book for anyone that wants to get into art, right? Go it's on. a book called The History of Art. It's called The History of Art, right? Yeah. By E.H. Gombrich, right? And it's it's the go-to textbook if you ever want to learn about all the old the, the old school the artists and how, how art happened, how they invented perspective and all that. And it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Bush's board game thing. There are a load of great games uh, out there that are beautiful, but there's a lot of games as well that deal with art as a focus of the topic. So a game that you guys would love, and we must play at some point, is called The Gallerist, Mm. uh, which is uh, combining the elements of an art dealer, museum curator, and artist manager. You take on that job. You promote and nurture artists, buy, display, sell their art, build and exert your international reputation. It's made by uh, this board game designer genius called Vital Lacerta. Really complicated looking game. It's one of those games when you set out on the table, people are like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> but if you just take it bit by bit, you'll get your head around it. But you've got these little tiny easels that you put these little works of art that were done specifically oh. for the game out. Oh. And you can invest in that artist and get people through the door and get them to see the gallery and all that kind of thing. It's a beautiful thing. The other one is Modern Art. You can get this right now on Zatu's website. A game called Modern Art. It's buying and selling paintings can be a very lucrative business, it says on the box. Five different artists have produced a bunch of paintings and it's the player's task to be both the buyer and the seller, hopefully making a profit in both roles. So you can get those now. Have a little look for them at Zatu's uh, website. Is there a bit in that game where you have to sort of just put your hand on the bottom of your chin and just go, hmm? <laughs> just ponder it slightly. Mm. Oh. So look, it was, it was a bit patchy last week, the board game Fact of the Week, Brian. With the best will in the world, it was a little bit... Whoa, 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 whoa. It whoa, was. Wee, wah, woo, wah. What's going on here? Wee, wah, woo, wah. Just, a bit patchy. A little bit up and down. After. Jess, would you, would you back me up on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Oh, my I stand God. Here, Let's hope... You've got someone else in the locker to wow us right now. Here it is, Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Let's do this. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Right, ready for... Okay, fine. Even though you've insulted me. Pressure's on, mate. Pressure's on, sunshine. I'm I'm a professional, and as one of the probably top civilian board game players in Western Europe... I I'm gonna I'm gonna plow on. I'm gonna do my facts of the week this week for you. Go I'm gonna give you three facts, each one better than the last one. And they're all about art because it's arty games. Do you know that Mona Lisa has her own letterbox at the Louvre? Oh. Why would she? Why would she? Why would she have a letterbox? Like you can't write to her because she gets she gets fan mail. No, she, she, gets doesn't, fan mail. she doesn't. Doesn't get everybody. fan mail. Yeah, she, she gets fan mail. She does. She does. So, and because she's the most popular painting in the world, they have a, a dedicated letterbox at. Uh, the Louvre that you can post a letter to uh, the Mona Lisa, and also it was never it was never really famous. It was it was a very obscure picture, the Mona Lisa, in the back parts of the of the Louvre until it was it, it became famous because it was stolen in the early 1900s, and there was a big hunt for it. And after it got brought back to the Louvre after they recovered it, that's when it got famous. Before then, no one no one gave two hoots about it. That. There you go. That's my Mona Lisa. Mm, that's a good one. Right, number two. This, the, the the second fact I got. You know the um, the Last Supper, the famous Last yeah. Supper yeah. picture. 
Yeah, yeah. You ever seen it? Do you know what it's about? It's got Jesus. Oh, you ever he's seen it? Lads yeah. is, and he's there. He's he's going, with the, what's everyone having? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's everyone having? What are you yeah. have? Chips, chips, chips. Should we, chips. Should we just get? Let's just. I tell you what. Let's get like just get five chips or share between chips. us. No, Peter, Peter. <laughs> that is going to be enough chips. Mark my words. There'll be chips left over. <laughs> no, stop it. All right, fine. Get your own. Get your own <laughs> chips then. Uh, Peter's getting his own chips. So the Last Supper, right? Um, he, I think it was done in the 14, 1500s or whatever. In the si- late 1600s, they did a bit of renovation in the church, right? And they put a new door in just underneath. So if you ever look at the Last Supper, you'll see that there's like a door frame underneath where Jesus is sitting. Before that, you would have seen Jesus's feet. It had a big old bit of Jesus's feet, but no one knows what it looks like because it's gone now. Oh, what a shame. Because when they put the door in, they had to take away Jesus's feet. So we'd have known yeah, what, what size feet Jesus had and all that kind of stuff. I reckon like, he's what, what yeah. shoes he was I'm wearing. I reckon he's probably... I reckon he will because people were yeah, smaller really back, though, small. back then. So I, I think he probably would, like a seven or an eight. Mm, I'd say an eight. At most. I reckon he would have, maybe we'd have seen his shoes. He might have had some Adidas Gazelles or something like that in, on there. Reebok classic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He might have had Reebok. Yeah, Good point. Go. Actually. So there's two killer facts mm-hmm. so far, right? Uh, and the final fact is uh, Salvador Dali. You familiar with the great artist Salvador? Yes. Dali? The great um, absurdist mm. artist. He designed the logo for Chupa Chips. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What? Chupa oh, Chupa Chups. Chupa oh, Chupa did he? What? How? Yeah. yeah, he designed the logo for Chupa Chups. Can I, can I, am I saying it Chupa right? Chupa Chups. I thought you said Chupa Chups. I was like, what? What's, what's unnerving what? me is the hand movement you're doing, putting it into your mouth to, to simu- simulate a lolly. Is it Chupa Chups? Well, I've never said it out loud before. Chupa Chups. Chupa Chups. It sounds weird yeah. saying it out loud. Chupa Chups. Chup, keep saying it. Chupa Chups. Chupa Chups. Chup, it's meaningless now. Do you know what that's called? Chup, that's chup. called semantic satiation. When you say a word so much, it means yeah. nothing anymore. Anyway. Anyway. Um, he was a massive fan of Chupa Chup lollies. Chupa Chup. And, uh, and he talked about it all the time. And Chupa Chup said, listen, seeing as you're a big fan, do you fancy doing the logo for us? And he was like, yeah, I'll rattle it off. And he did the logo. So if you ever take a wrapper off a Chupa Chup's lolly, it was d- uh, designed by Salvador Dali. That is the equivalent. That is the equivalent of, is it Hans Zimmer who did all the amazing Blade Runner songs? He did the music for yep. Going for Gold. Yep. <laughs> he did, yeah. It's Absolutely the same right. thing. It's, it's when someone of high end goes low end, just very, very briefly. Brian, those are three good facts. Thank you very much. Actually, Bush, um, I have a fact. If anyone wants to hear it, it's something I learned today. No, no, it's not to do with art. Hey, Brian's. No, whoa, 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 whoa! I want this feature needs to finish. We need to draw a line under it, and we need to. It needs to be Jess's. Because this is um, piggybacking on on Brian's fact. This is this is like when you've got um, Jeff Lynn's ELO and an ELO. So (laughs) Jess has to do her own. It's the real. It's the real bucks fizz. You're just. You're scared that my fact's going to be better. Okay, are you ready to hear my fact? You might already know it. He's just taking. He's just taking a big swig of uh, drink there just to get himself (sighs) ready for. I saw it on TikTok. Basically, if you're ever watching a program like a crime drama or a murder whodunit, um, and you're looking at the mm-hmm. characters and thinking, "Oh, who did the crime? Who did you know? Who did the illegal thing?" It will never ever be a person who has an iPhone, because Apple have a law in their product placement that anybody who does anything illegal is not allowed yeah. to have an Apple iPhone. So if you're ever watching like Line of Duty or something like that and you think, oh, he's definitely done it and he's got an iPhone. He's done it. He hasn't. Because. Whoa. Nah, I, think, I, think, I think I'll be all right. I think it's fine. I think I don't but yeah, that. That's a good fact. Challenging me for my crown. Don't that's a good fact. I like that fact. 
So it's an honour to uh, welcome to the podcast uh, Ross Connell. Ross, good to have you on board. Let's just describe Ross's uh, background, though, uh, on this Zoom chat that we're having here. Before we get going, uh, there's there's plants, there's flowers, there's books. It looks beautiful, doesn't it, Jess? What, what can you see Very there nice. right now? I can see a lot of things to do with cats. Do you have cats? Uh, we used to have a cat, no longer. Oh. Oh, lots nice of one, lovely Jess. cat oh, Jess. Jess. Oh. It's a nice one, Jess. Why are you bringing up the oh, trauma? I mean, I'm sorry, Ross. Uh, through trauma comes great art. So that's, you know, that's topical. <laughs> that's true. That Ross, true. it's amazing to, to have, have you on the podcast. I've seen you on Instagram and Twitter quite a bit, and you've always, always post beautiful, beautiful things about board games. Let's just start by talking about what it is it in the industry that you do in the board game industry. Sure, yeah. So it's evolved over time. It started off, I just, uh, I just shared what I was playing on Instagram uh, for fun. And, um, and then I got invited to, or requested to to participate as a product photographer within the industry. Um, and so then I started doing that. And then slowly over time, that's just naturally, organically, I've grown clients that way. And uh, somewhere in the midst of that, I also um, found out about an opportunity to work for a publisher, a UK-based publisher, as, a, as their community manager. So... Uh, uh, that, that kind of carried on for a while whilst I worked at university. And then I made the arguably foolish uh, decision to jump full-time into the industry and cut all ties with other work and just, just work as a, as a board game person. Amazing. Well, I, I would, I would urge anyone listening to this right now to have a look at Ross's Instagram. It's fantastic at more games, please. It's superb. Uh, and it's just some beautiful games on there. Is there a key to capturing a game and making it look beautiful? What do you do to make the, make the game kind of stand out and elevate? Well, I think like a key part of it is I, I always think different games are unique. There's different things we like about it. art's unique anyway, uh, but we can get to that. But really, you've got to think, like, what is it that catches your eye about this game? Some games have a very um, three-dimensional look to them. The components raise it off the table, and that's what really catches your eye. Or some of them have really interesting uh, art and illustration. Uh, and so I think photography's personal, art's personal. So don't be afraid to be personal in how you photograph things. Don't Like, your eye and what you see in it is important. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll take a lot of photos of the games that I play and always post them. And this, this episode, this, this episode of board game thing is all about uh, games that have got gorgeous art. And, and I've played games that have got beautiful art, and I've taken a photograph of it, put it on Twitter or Instagram, and it looks really terrible. I think, what's going on there? So there must be like a. Is there one little tip you can give people who want to make their games look amazing on Instagram or on social media? Sure. Um, the number one tip for anyone taking photographs is light. Mm. Without good lighting, doesn't matter how good your camera is, if you've got low light, we all know it, we've taken photographs at night time somewhere and it's come out really grainy, you can't really see what's going on, there's no colour. If something's well lit, which is really just about putting more light into the space, you get to see all that detail, all that colour that you otherwise lose. And that's why, you know, if you take a photograph, put it on Instagram and it doesn't look very good, chances are the light wasn't very good. Do you do any little, not, um, I wouldn't say underhand tricks, but are there like things to make things as not what they seem they are? Not, not how they seem. Because you know, like food photographers are always like putting mist mm. and stuff. Or, or, or like using, coating their using, products with oil. Using glue with pizza. Pizzas are often just like, it's just rubber and glue. It's not, yes, and they, and they, they, dr- are, they, they drill them to the table and all kinds of wacky stuff. Um, <laughs> well, there, there is, you know, there's a certain element of Photoshop to judge up a product. Like it's a digital era. So if we have the tools there, why not use them? Um, so I've taken photography of, of board games and I've taken it on my floor and I've turned the floor, because I've got really nice wooden floors, I've turned that flooring 
into a table in Photoshop and put it oh. in my room. So, like so the environment sometimes changes because, you know, I, I do my photography uh, it's in lockdown uh, UK. I do my photography in my house. Mm. So, you know, you only have a finite amount of options available to you. So sometimes you've got to, you've got to create the illusion of change within an environment. So that's probably one of the main ways to do it. What, what in your opinion, Ross, is the most beautiful, gorgeous board game that's out there at the moment? Uh, well, as as someone who gets hired to photograph board games, I'll say they're all beautiful in their own way. Oh yes, um, but I do I do have there's the, there's a couple that I that I uh, I do have preference for. I'm not afraid to state an opinion. Um, so for me, uh, there's a particular illustrator that I really like called Kyle Ferrin. Kyle Ferrin illustrated um, Root and Vast and Fort yeah. and Oath. There are some examples of the games that they photograph. The reason why I like them is they. Uh, Historically, board games kind of had quite a muted palette, quite earthy in tone. And you yeah. would get like these Euro games out of Germany that would be like greens and browns and all things along those lines. They were kind of like realistic colors. I, I quite like it when, when you know, you get illustrators that aren't afraid to just look at the palette and go, well, no one's really used like neon or all these wild colors over here and throw them in there. And, and there's... and. You can use them as ways to highlight particular detailing, and Kyle's got just got a really uh, great, you know, a really great um, use of color. One, one final quick thing, Ross. How would someone get into this line of work if they're listening to you speak now, thinking this is fantastic? I'd love to do something like that. How do you even start? I, I mean, I am. I, I describe how I got into the industry as largely like look. Look kind of ignores the amount of time and effort and care that I've put into what I do, but it's not really like I had a plan. I just started doing stuff out of enthusiasm for myself. And we all know enthusiasm only gets you so far. It doesn't guarantee you access to any industry at all. Um, but like anything, what's going to give you the best chance? Continuing to put time and effort enthusiasm and energy into something. Practice makes perfect is, you know, a classic statement. It's not true, but it certainly makes you better. And so if it's something you want to get good at, keep 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 trying at it. Fantastic. Well, listen, it's been an honour to have you on, and it's brilliant to hear you speak with such passion about what you do. It's an amazing thing. Check out Ross's uh, Instagram now to see his amazing work, at More Games, please. Ross, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Very quickly, some people have been getting in touch with what they think is the most beautiful game. Thank you to everyone who's got involved. Uh, my personal favourite is High Society by Osprey Games, which is a beautiful bit of Art Deco. Uh, we've had votes for Parks, which is just uh, American National Parks, looking oh, nice. absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Mike Webster has voted for Brass Birmingham, which sounds like something to do with Ladies of the Night, but it's Brass, actually... hang on a minute, hang on, hang on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's legit, it's about iron ore and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, and finally... Uh, Electric Monk, which is a fantastic name on Twitter, has suggested the mighty Hero Quest, a legendary game from back in the day in the eighties. Oh. Um, did anyone suggest June, the artwork for June? They haven't the, mentioned the it, but game. it's a, it's a legitimate point. It is a great looking game. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I think? Uh, I, I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I think uh, books as well as obviously games. And I think the sci-fi genre has been done down dirty in in years gone by by mm. bad art. And I think it's getting better now, but like I, I was put off, you know, a lot of people I think are put off if you see like a book called like, I don't know, Demon Weaver, book five <laughs> or whatever. And there's a bloke with like a, with a big muscles and a sword and a cape mm. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's better these days because remember June used to have quite a bad cover. So I think that's, 
It's interesting that that that, that sci-fi art is getting better. It's welcome from, from this quarter. It's welcome from from the uh, uh, within the sci-fi fan community. Uh, let's move on to the pitch, where you guys get to pitch us a board game idea that you've made up. I've not heard this. This has come from on the wires. This is Algie, I think his name is, and this is it. Here we go. Hi, board game thing. This is Algie. The best board game I've ever ever played, I think, was the early nineties. Was the Bill loosely based on Monopoly. Uh, you had snitch and snout cards instead of community chest and chance. So I'm thinking something like that could be a future board game, but more allotment based. You could have the attack of the aphids, the slugs, the caterpillars. If you've ever had an allotment, you'll know that dodgy bloke who always seems to have the tools that have gone missing from your shed but are definitely not yours. I'm thinking that could be the ultimate um, attack. But the big point at the end is whoever can create the biggest crop of Pak Choi. And I'm thinking the name of this game could possibly be Oi Oi Pak Choi. Up to you, Bush, but it seems good to me. I love that. So there's Algie there with his allotment-based game, which I think it seems to be based on a game about the bill from the uh, mid to late 70s, and it's called Oi Oi Pak Choi. Guys, any thoughts on that? I absolutely love that. I think as well that could be a beautiful game. I think it would look nice as well to fit in with the theme of our episode. I think it could look pretty good. There's a, there's a lot to take in there. There's a lot to mm. take in there. So allotment-based, just as an aside, I'd love to have an allotment. Oh, yeah. I'd love to have my own allotment. It's been great, wouldn't it? I'm not interested in growing just stuff, sit. just to sit and have a bit of peace and quiet, yeah. a cup of tea. Just, just sit. Do you remember Arthur used to have his allotment in the Eastenders and he used yeah. to go and just sit there and It'd do be nothing. Nice. I'd like to, whenever there was a crisis. I'd go there and just drink, uh, contemplate, and then just drink um, whiskey out of one of those little tin camping cups that you get that's supposed yeah. to be for tea. And you get a nice Lovely. tan as well. Um, you I, get really tan yeah. and get fit as well. Yeah, doing digging and all that not kind of stuff. Just, not if you just sit, sit oh, there drinking yeah. whiskey. Um I, I like it, but I think there should be an element where you can poison other people's yeah. patches. No, 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 no. just throwing it out. Yeah, that's not the spirit of it. Um, is it? Just cut down, smash over their their, their vines and their tomatoes. Mm. Um, Do you know what, if I, yeah, if I, I, if like I had it, a I like uh, allotment, I would end up hating wildlife because you know anyone who's had an allotment, they mm. spend ages growing stuff, and then foxes and that, and other animals just come in and just just take the piss. To be honest with you, Do you know what I mean, everything bugs ruin it. Mm. I'd end up hating nature, and that'd be the direct opposite of why you would think you'd get involved in a an allotment do you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah again I don't want to go off another side here but you know allotments right you know they have one gate mm-hmm. and it's always locked and there's a padlock on it does everyone have a padlock key that's a good like, point does that mean that like 50, 50 people have a padlock because that's the not secure then in that case key? is it do you mm-hmm. know what I mean that's what I'm thinking because then you could easy, someone could easily make a copy and, and anyway if anyone has an allotment let us know about the security arrangements and get in touch maybe, maybe you when you sign up for the allotment you get have to go and annoyingly then go and buy a lock which is probably more expensive to buy off them at the allotment office like you get when you start a gym yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Buy a lot. Anyway, sorry. Great, great idea for a game. Great idea for a game. Thank you very much, Algie. You have won yourself an amazing Zatu dice tray. Uh, so that is pretty much it from us. Uh, a huge thank you uh, to Ross Connell for, for getting involved and giving us a little masterclass on how to take photos of games. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can buy all the games that we've been talking about, most of them anyway, on Zatu's website. Uh, and you can get in touch, and we love hearing from you uh, via Instagram at Board Game Thing. Brian and Jess, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.